Gracious God, as we come into this place this morning, we are thankful for our ability to be present with you even when we can't be present with each other. Pour into us the peace that you would have for us. Help us to be still. Calm our hearts this morning. And give us the words that you would have us to hear this morning straight to our hearts. May the things that I say be acceptable and pleasing to you. And may they speak to our place of most need in these moments. In Jesus Christ's name we ask and pray and offer these things. In Jesus Christ's name. The people of God said together, Amen. And so as we gather in this time, these words that came from the very chapter of the book and what we're doing already, there was no reason to change what we were doing. Jesus' disciples were in a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee when a storm came up suddenly and surrounded them. And the waves and the wind began 37. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. I mean, imagine yourself in that boat. It's a sturdy wooden plank vessel, probably about 27 feet long and seven and a half feet wide. But it's not made to take on 10 foot swells and waves. And it keeps plunging deep into the space between the wave and into the wall of water before it and the force of the waves comes dangerously close to tipping the boat until it almost reaches the sky and you're afraid it's going to tip all the way over and you'll be lost forever flipping over backwards and swamped for good and then the vessel veers into the depth of another valley it's like being on a disney ride you don't want to be on Several years ago when I was with Hannah on her school trip to go to Disney, we uh, went to uh, Splash Mountain, much like the old Flume Zoom was here in Opryland. And except for one big difference, the Flume Zoom here, just kind of a gentle curve. It wasn't that dramatic. On the Splash Mountain, you went through it and all these funny little things to look at and all this stuff. And then you get to the end of it. And then what you don't realize is at Splash Mountain is that the log is going to go all the way out before it falls. I mean, it's almost all the way out before it just simply drops and just goes straight down. I was not ready for that. I'm sure that's kind of what it felt like to be in this boat in these tall waves. And all around you, other hands are grabbing onto one mast of the boat, clinging on for dear life. And everybody, including you, is clutching somewhere on the side not to be thrown overboard. And above the scowl and the roar of the wind, you are listening for a calm voice that's going to tell you that it's going to be all right. And you're all unprepared to face the storm and panicking, realizing that you might die. On Friday, Hannah went for her last driving lesson and then the test for her license in the pouring down rain with Brentwood driver training. And we were a little fearful, uh, anxious about that because the the person who showed up, uh, he seemed to be strict. He seemed to be um, uh, that kind of guy. And we thought, we're praying, oh my gosh, please be some grace during the rain and everything else while she is nervous doing this drive. But... Hannah did pass her driver's test, so she is a licensed driver. So everybody clap at home. 
clapping in here was less than meaningful. just want you to know. Thank you, Hannah, for clapping with me, though. Thank you so much. The other Hannah clapped for Hannah. And then after we got done with that, we drove through, Susan and I, Nashville at 518 on a Friday night in the middle of pouring rain, and there were hardly any cars, and there was no traffic. And we went over to the tornado-damaged areas of um, East End and East Nashville and of um, Germantown and saw for the first time what we haven't been able to see and just the devastation that's still there. And, I, and, I, and I've heard the stories, and you have too, and I imagine that during that time in the tornado that um, there were lots of screams, lots of prayers. And all of those stories about how people survived or, or didn't survive, unfortunately. That it was just like that. And, and back at our boat, in the middle of the storm, Max tells us that someone is missing from the boat. At least he is not gathered around the mast like the rest. He is not the front staring into the storm. And he's not clutching the side, afraid of going over the edge. This missing person is actually in the back of the boat. And it says in Mark 4:38 that Jesus was sleeping in the stern on a cushion. A comfortable cushion no less probably. And he's not even awake. He's probably snoring away in the storm. Jesus is sleeping peacefully. And you don't know whether to be amazed or angry. I would probably be both. It's kind of interesting that during this time, we would probably ask, how are you sleeping during a time like this? And later on, Jesus would ask these same disciples in the garden before his death, why are you sleeping at a time like this? For a different reason. And in the last part of the verse, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Max says, have you ever been the parent of a teenager? You have been asked, don't you care? Or maybe yourself as well. We're asked all the time when we're parents of teenagers, not necessarily mine. She actually doesn't ask a lot about this kind of stuff. But we're asked, don't you care what I care about? I mean, like for her this week, it was getting a driver's license in the middle of a global pandemic. It's important. Important to still have those milestones in life and have normalcy. Or looking at cars. That was important to her as well. But sometimes there's things in even her life and life of other teenagers where they say, don't you care that my life is ending because of dot, 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 fill in the blank. Do we care as parents about the wants of our children? Of course we do. But it's just that we have a different perspective. What our teenagers see as the storm, parents might see as a spring shower after all the things they've been through in their lives. We were talking on the way down to that driver's license test while the rain was pouring down around us, and I almost had Hannah drive down and she said, I'm so glad I'm not driving in this. And maybe you don't like to drive in the rain either, and, uh, and that's a hard thing. And I said, this is not bad. Do you remember the time when, 
We were in Pleasant View, and the hail came down so hard and so fast and so thick, the sky was literally black, and I couldn't even see in front of the hood of the car. Or the time we drove in Ohio when the seemed like the heavens just opened up and I'd never seen so much rain in my life that I had to actually literally stop because there was too much water to even move off my windshield. See, the only difference between parents and teenagers is that we know this will pass. We know that this will pass. Sooner or later, whatever our struggle is, it will pass. And Jesus knew that too. The storm that made the disciples scared made him drowsy. What put fear into them put him to sleep. And then Max caught me with this. The boat was a tomb to the followers and a cradle to Christ. How could he sleep through the storm? Simple. Jesus was in charge of it. Jesus was in charge of it. We like to be in charge of things, don't we? We all have this magical device that lets us do something that for years no one else could do. A device that brings new worlds into our life at the click of a button. And I bet you're using it at home right now even more than you usually do. And what is that magical device? It's your remote control. There was even a movie called Click with Adam Sandler which is actually a really good movie. I invite you to put it on your playlist while you have all this free time to be able to watch movies and things. If you haven't watched Bedtime Stories with your kids yet, you need to. Bedtime Stories with Adam Sandler 2 is a fantastic movie. Just seeing Bugsy alone will brighten your day. Just remember Bugsy. Sandler plays Michael Newman, an overworked architect who neglected his family when he requires a magical universal remote from Morty the Mad Scientist that enables him to fast forward through unpleasant or outright dull parts of his life. He soon learns that those seemingly bad moments that he skips over contained valuable time with his family and important life lessons. And on this remote, you can't go back. Right now... You might want to fast forward to find out what everything looks like in the future. But we can't. Instead, we have to look at where we are right now. How are we living in this time that is being given to us right now? Jesus didn't need to fast forward through the storm. He didn't even need a remote. It says he got up. So I guess he did care about them. Rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. I like the translations that say, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You know that calm after a storm where everything is so still? I expected if we had been there just like them, that we would not have been able to believe how it all changed so quickly. You ever been someplace really loud when you were trying to speak and then all of a sudden it gets quiet and you're shouting, but everything is now normal? 
I can imagine everyone is saying in that boat, we're all going to die. And then it's like right now, everything is calm in this room and I just shouted. And folks, there's not a sound in this room right now. (laughs) The struggle here is instead of looking at Jesus' reaction to their situation, the disciples allowed their situation to dictate their reactions. Let me say it again. Instead of looking at Jesus' reaction to the situation, the disciples allowed their situation to dictate their reactions. It's happening to us right now. I mean, after begging Jesus to do something, he calms the storm. But not before asking them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? That would seem to be at first really hard to hear for them and for us. But his gentle rebuke over their lack of faith wasn't because they didn't believe that Jesus could save them from the storm. But because they struggled to believe he would see them through it. They struggled to believe he would see them through it. And that hits down deep. Are you struggling with that right now? It's easy to do. But then we hear the disciples in their amazement and their terror tell us how we should be. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is him, Jesus The message says the wind and seas are at his beck and call. They and we have never met a man like this. And they really don't understand that he was God yet too. This is early in Mark. And Max says the waves were his subjects and the winds were his servants. And this was just the beginning of what his sea mates would witness. Before it was over, they would see fish jump into the boat on their own. Demons dive into pigs. Cripples turn into dancers. And cadavers turn into living, breathing people. It was no wonder that they were willing to follow him and ultimately die for him. Are we willing to do the same? They had never seen such glory and such power. That the universe was his whole kingdom. You wouldn't have needed to explain Matthew 6.13 to them. That way way every time we say the Lord's Prayer, we think about those words. And I mentioned earlier about setting an alarm at 12.19 p.m. every day saying the Lord's Prayer or some other prayer together. And one of the lines in that is, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then another storm story, it was Peter who would feel his miraculous power directly. And the second storm story from Matthew 14, 22 and following, once the boat of the followers is ready to capsize in a big storm again. But this time Jesus is not with them. Starting in verse 24, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. 
I don't mean beside the lake. I mean he was walking on the lake. Jesus came walking to them on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. Of course, they couldn't tell who he was in the middle of a storm. There's somebody walking across the lake. What are you going to think in the first place? And then they cried out in fear. Isn't that like us when Jesus comes to help us? We almost are afraid to accept that help. Or we don't know what that help looks like. And we're fearful it's not him. Because we don't know him well enough to know what his help looks like. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Hear those words today. Take courage. Do not be afraid. And what did Peter do when he heard these words? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Now Max says that Peter never would have made that request on the calm sea. Had Christ been crossing a lake that was as smooth as glass, as I saw pictures of the Sea of Galilee looking, Peter would have been like, whoa, did you see what Jesus is doing? But he would not have gotten out of the boat. You see, storms prompt us to take unprecedented and extraordinary journeys. Storms prompt us to take unprecedented and extraordinary journeys. And so for a few historic steps and heart-stilling moments, Peter did the impossible. He defied every law of gravity and nature. But before we think that Peter had so much more faith than us, and why can't I have that kind of faith, watch what happens next. Because it's like something out of an old Roadrunner and Wild E. Coyote cartoon. Anybody remember those at home? Raise your hand at home. I see your hands. Mark raises his hands in here. In those cartoons, when they would be running, all of a sudden they would be running, and all of a sudden they'd look down, and they'd realize they were out over the edge of the cliff, and then they fall. It's exactly what happens to Peter. But when he saw the wind, it was boisterous, the New King James says, he was afraid and he was beginning to sink. Why did he start to sink like a stone? Max says because he shifted his attention off Jesus and stared straight toward the squall. Give the storm waters more attention than the storm walker and get ready to do the same. Say it again. Give the storm waters more attention than the storm walker and get ready to do the same. Whether or not storms come like this massive one that's in front of us and that we're in the middle of, we cannot change or choose. But we can decide how we are going to face the storm. Are we going to skirt around it? We try to do that to avoid chaos and conflict in our lives often. Sometimes it works, but not usually for long. 
Or are we going to stare straight into the storm until we're so overwhelmed by it and everything's swirling inside of it we can no longer survive it because we're so fearful of everything? Or are we going to steer straight into the storm with courage, knowing that God is in the boat with us? When steering to a storm, unlike my error in the video that I posted that pointed out by our old Navy salt, Stephen Staley. Stephen, if you're watching at some point, thanks for the correction. You steer perpendicular to the waves, not parallel. I had the wrong P word in that moment. Perpendicular right into them so they can't turn you over broadside when they hit. Former President Franklin D. Roosevelt said, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Roosevelt still faced a collapsed economy after the 1929 stock market crash. Roosevelt made the most almost unthinkable decision to engage in one of the most massive military undertakings in human history when the world did not when the US did not want to go into war. In the face of true fear and genocide and widespread panic, Roosevelt showed resolve and strength. He decided that something was more important than being afraid. Even after getting polio, sometimes a slow death or living in an iron lung for the rest of your life and becoming paralyzed as a result, Roosevelt still rose up and did not let fear bring him down. And so Max leaves us with this. Courage is always a possibility. Feed your fears And your faith will starve. Feed your faith and your fears will. If you feed your fears, your faith is going to starve for sure. But if you feed your faith, your fears will. And after a few moments of flailing and falling in the water, Peter turned his focus back on Christ and cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And between these two storm stories, we find when we find ourselves in storms we can't control... How do we respond with faith over fear? Storms are not optional, but fear is. And here are three encouraging short truths to remember from my version devotional this week. First, God has power over every storm. Say it at home with me. God has power over every storm. And if the wind and waves don't concern Him, then they shouldn't frighten you. You might not be able to change your situation, but you can choose to faithfully trust God in the middle of it. Second, fixing your eyes on Jesus leads to peace. Fixing your eyes on Jesus leads to peace. Are you looking at the size of the storm or turning towards the one who can calm it? 
It's only by focusing on God who knows every outcome that you can navigate any situation with His wisdom and peace. And third, Jesus is always in your boat. Jesus is always in your boat. It's easy to focus on your fears when you can't control your future. But thankfully, Jesus knows your future. He's always by your side. And He calls you to live by faith, not by sight. So whenever you find yourself overwhelmed in life, you always have two choices. You can focus on your circumstances or fix your eyes on Jesus And if you choose to look to Jesus above everything else, you'll begin to see the storms you face are not nearly as powerful as the Savior choosing to walk through the storm alongside of you or in the boat when you call upon His name, ready to bring peace and still the storm. He is ready to bring you and I peace and still the storm that is raging in our hearts right now. Let him speak to you. Peace, be still. And let the winds die down. Amen. And so our invitation as we consider it in in these moments comes from a a different place uh, this week. I don't know where I got these particular words, and I have to find them first. Talk amongst yourselves at home. You missed the first service when we lost our live feed and everything. We said God is bigger than the boogeyman. From Veggie Tales. God is bigger than the boogeyman. Now it's in your head for the rest of the day. Hear these invitations. Strength is commanding the wind and seas to obey. Strength is wielding a slingshot in the face of a raging giant. Strength is accepting vulnerability from inside the boat. Strength is standing in solidarity with the powerless. Strength is turning a cheek. Strength is loving an enemy. We come to worship a God who redefines our vision of strength. He is there with you. He is strong for all of us when we are weak. And He will be present with us, telling us that it is well with our souls. And He is with us. So be still, my soul. The Lord is on our side. And He will be present with us in all the days to come.
keep that there. I know it's talking about heaven and the future and all of that, but these words are so much for us right now too. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past. All safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. My friends, we shall meet again, and we shall be together. And there won't be just pictures on the pews. It'll be all of us together in community once again. The day will come. But for now, we will gather how we can and receive these words of encouragement from Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember, my friends, in the days to come that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, the Lord your God is with you. Peace, be still. His peace He gives to us. You are not alone. He is in the boat with you. He is walking alongside the water ready to pull you up when you fail and flail. Be with Him and He will show you the way. Amen. We love you guys. Have a blessed week.